Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Amen. Right? I'm going to talk about it tomorrow. Ain't no need to talking to y'all about it. Y'all here. But the, but the rest of them. Because see, some people are not sensitive to, to, to critical moments. I, I think I, I taught a message earlier this year about how people miss uh, uh, imperative moments. They're not, they're not sensitive. They're, all through scripture, there were people who just didn't get it, was not aware. And, and it's time for this ministry to, to, to realize the critical nature of settings like these. Because you, you all don't have a whole lot of settings like these. Right. And so the one or two times that they appear on the calendar, everybody, everybody. amen, that means Jesus in this church ought to be here. Yes. Amen. amen. So let, let's, let's go to our first session. Y'all all right? Yes, sir. All right. So we're talking about restoration and revelation. Father, we indeed need your help. So we ask you to show up uh, in Christ's name. Amen. amen. And, and, and so this morning we are dealing with seven progressive uh, forms of ministry. Now, I want to say this before we get into these. I want you to see these seven progressive forms kind of like a, a set of steps, if you will. So they're stepping up. Amen. Uh, I said to you on last night that whenever God um, uh, uh, gets ready to move you into the next aspect of who it is he wants you to be, he does so by uh, and I'll talk about this. Well, I actually have, have it in my notes. Uh, he actually will begin with the word, mm. the logos written or the logos person. And when that comes, his word creates a confrontation mm. with us, amen, between the word and, and, and ourselves and our way of thinking. Because how many times, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. This is why Paul had to say that we have to take every thought captive. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. And those things that argue against the, uh, and seek to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. That's, that's, that's my, my, my illustration, the colander with yeah. the rocks in it. Right, right. And the word is like water being poured into it. And, but, you're, but you're filtering that word through your experiences, through your brokenness, come on, through your hurt, yeah. through your bitterness, amen, yeah. uh, all those other things. And so there's a mixture in it, and you never really see it like God intended for you to see it. And so there's a confrontation, in, and, and it confronts, one, it confronts our way of thinking. So this is why Paul says in Romans 12 and 2, for us to be not conformed to this world, but to be, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes, that, that word conform means to, to stop being pressed into a mold. Right? The world is trying to fit us into a mold through, yes. through cultural conditioning, yes. trying to make us believe like it believes, amen, so we'll behave like, like it thinks behave. we ought to behave. Yeah. But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Come, look, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Y'all doing it already. Amen. <laughs> Leave me alone, Nestor. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16 says, 
For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Come on, say we have the mind of Christ. Amen. And you have to realize that the enemy, he wages warfare primarily in your mind with, with accusations, right? With untruths, with lies. But listen, behind every bondage in your life is a lie. Amen. Amen. And we know that the devil is the father of lies, right? And our God is, is the God of truth. And so, so when this word comes, it, it, it confronts our thinking, and many times it will confront our wrong choices. So, so it's, it, it may not necessarily at the onset be a positive experience because you're going through all of this. Amen. And so it, it, it also helps us to see that we can make other choices and not be limited or locked into what we traditionally think or choose. That, that's the new thing that we talk about so often in the church. That we don't have to be limited or locked in into what we traditionally uh, uh, think or what we traditionally choose. Because, see, when certain things happen to you, history has proven you respond a certain way. Mm. Amen. But, but what the Lord wants to do is to change your programming. He wants to give you a software update. Yeah. Right? By introducing his word. And so, so whether it is a person or a ministry, God desires, and I'll talk about this in a moment, that we manifest the life of Christ. You see, uh, uh, the, 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 the highest height in ministry is not revelation, it's manifestation. We're going to get into that. Amen. And, and so we're talking about seven progressive forms of ministry. And so then... Uh, the first, well, this is just like an overview, so you can kind of capture all seven. But the first one is condemnation. That's, the, that's like the, the lowest step on these, this series of steps. And then after condemnation is information. Everybody say information. information. Then thirdly is illumination. Praise the Lord. We're, we're going to unpack all of these one at a time. And then number four is inspiration. Five, revelation which is a part of what our theme is over the course of this weekend, uh, 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 restoration and revelation. You need both of them. Number six is impartation because God is not concerned with you just getting it yourself. He intends for you to impart it to someone else. And we're going to look at that in a moment because, see, you can only impart what you carry. That's right. That's right. You can't give. She's helping me preach. You can't give what you don't have. That's good, though. You can't give it. If you don't have it, you can't give it. And then the, then, then the final step, praise God, is, is manifestation. Come on, say manifestation. That, that's, that's where God wants us to arrive. And see, that's, the, that's why we need him to just keep working on us, those places in us that are broken, that our protective selves have learned how to mask. Because, look, you can act like you, you are healed and whole all you want to. We all still have some places of brokenness oh, and bitterness. Yes. Come on. We, we have some place, places, I'm telling you, we have covered them up for so long, oh. we're not even aware that they still exist. Right. Right. Yeah. We, we just learn how to compensate for Come it. On now. Yes. Amen. 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 
And, 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 so, and so God wants to, he wants to restore us and help us so he can make us who it is he wants us to be. And so let's go to the next, to this slide here and let's talk about condemnation. Amen. And, and so, so then relative to, to, to condemnation, amen, uh, the Lord, he will introduce uh, his word. He'll introduce the logos. Amen. Now, the law, how many know that the, the, the law Paul said that the law was good, it's blessed, but the law was also uh, designed to bring condemnation on us. So many times when we come face to face with God's word, and especially if it's a place where we're living beneath his standard, if we're not careful, we'll go into condemnation. Amen. Yeah. And so and so let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 7 through 9 because the 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 the, the law Paul was making a a, a co contrast and a comparison the law Paul calls it uh the ministry of death. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 7 through 9 it says but if the ministry of death underline that in your bible if he's really revealing the glory of the new covenant it, he said it is is written and engraved on stones that's how uh, Moses received it right he said it was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance which, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Because he, he had just said in verse 6, he was talking about making a, a comparison between how the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Amen. And, and so we know that God is a God of life and he wants to bring us into a place of life. And so th this law, praise God, Paul says it's the ministry of death. And then verse verse nine, it says to us, last verse, for if the ministry of condemnation, look at this, had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Amen. So God doesn't want us to stay in the condemnation. He wants to move us, but he will move us through it because you realize, man, I need some help right here. Right. I'm not living like God intends for me to live and the word is exposing me. Come on, it's a mirror. It, 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 I don't know, and I don't do this anymore, thank God, but there yeah, used to be a time I would go to the word to try to find a word to straighten somebody else out. Right. But on the way, don't, 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 kill, don't take my thunder. But on my way, come on now, to, to try to find a word for them, man, I, the word reached up and grabbed me and showed me myself. Right? You, you trying to fault find, let me show you your faults. Praise the Lord. And I mean, you think about it. If the word is a mirror, how can you look into the mirror and make adjustments in somebody else? When all you really see is yourself. Say, close your eyes. I heard that. Say, close your eyes. You don't want to see you. Right. And I mean, and see, and see, this is the thing. I mean, when we see uh, see ourselves in the word and we are honest and, 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 you know, the Lord let me, he said, son, one day he told me, he said, I don't just see you. I see right through you. I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, you can see you, you can fool us. 
You can put on some perfume, cologne, nice clothes, whatever the case may be, and, and a great language, and, and we just give you the benefit of the doubt. But God looks at you, man, and he says, I know what you think before you think it. Yeah. I know, I really know the intentions of your heart, what's driving you, what your, your true motivations are. Amen. And, and so let's, let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Thank God he, don't, he doesn't leave us here. Amen. Galatians 3, because the, the next aspect of this condemnation is, is that this same word that God gives us, it will be a tutor. Now watch this, to bring us to Christ. It, is, it will expose how messed up you are. It, you know, because see, you can, be, you can, you can uh, be in this thing a little while with the Lord and cast out a few devils and lay hands on a few folk and, you know what I'm saying, sing a song under the power of God and folk go out in the spirit. I mean, you can do all, preach real well, like just two or three times and think you are all wonderful. And God said, all right, come on in here. Let me show you, show you yourself. <laughs> Why you thinking so highly of yourself? Come on, right in here. Come on, I, I got a seat for you. Sit right here for this examination. Amen. Right? Come on. So, so look at Galatians 3.24. He says, therefore the law was our tutor. Why? To bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Amen. That, 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 that some adjustments can take, could take place in us with faith being the measurement and the rule for us. Right? And then, and then notice verse 25. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Amen. See, see, that's, that's, that's God progressively moving us to the next place where we say by faith, Lord, what you intend for me, what you desire me to be, I'm going to be there. I surrender to this adjustment. So he says you don't need it. Because you, you, see, think about this. If you're making A's in the class, you no longer need a tutor. Who pays for a tutor? Amen. Come on when you're passing. When you're excelling, but, but when you're not excelling, thanks be to God that he'll send a word because he know this boy need a tutor. He ain't going to graduate on time. Y'all ain't hear me. He ain't going to march across the stage. Glory be to God. I got to send him a tutor. He needs some extra help. Is that good? Come on, say, oh, keep on helping me. Keep on helping me. Because, see, he knows what ultimately he wants me to be. Wow. So he's not going to just leave me there and say, well, well you, you kind of look all right. I mean, just fake it till you make it. No, he's not going to do that. He's going to keep sending that word like, like he's sending it today. And tomorrow he's going to send it again, right? Amen. And then he put the little sign up, said there's tutors available. So you have no excuse. Come on, you have no excuse. You won't be able to stand before the Lord. Lord, I couldn't get nobody to help. I sent a tutor. That tutoring service is available on Wednesday nights. Yeah, you should come to class. Oh, come on now. On Wednesday nights, we had tutoring services. You didn't show up. And see, then, 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 see this is the good thing. You don't have to stay in that place. Because once you come into faith, you no longer need a tutor. That's right. That's right. Praise God. Let's go to Romans 8 and 2. Hallelujah. And see, you got folk, man, they're still struggling with the same thing 
5, 10, 15 years, and they wonder why. They didn't come to tutoring service. Mm. <laughs> Let's look at this. It, it will also, when, 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 this, when this word, amen, confronts you, it will also expose the law of sin and death. Because, see, we know, amen, let's read the verse first. Paul says, for, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, look at this, has made me free from the law of sin and death. In other words, I was bound by this law. Now, don't think law in terms of uh, like the moral commands that God gives us. Right. Think law in terms of uh, 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 the principles. Yes. Amen. Because this is, this is a principle. There's the principle of sin and death, just like there's a principle of spirit and life. Paul had just talked about it in Romans 7, 14 through 25, how he wanted to do right, but he found himself not doing right. And then verse 24 and 25, he says, I'm walking around with this body. Amen. Shackled to me, this body of death. And he says, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And so verse 1 in chapter 8, that's when he declares, there is therefore now no condemnation. Because see, he's not designed us to stay here. Right? He wants us to go to the next place. And, and so, but faith has to be introduced, he says, to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. They're helping anybody. So he, he will show you where the, where the principle of, of sin and death is still operating in your life so you can get free. Think about it, because you, you know, man, you mess around and pray, not miss your prayer time seven days in a whole week, and fast, and read the scripture every day, man, you think, shoot, I'm ready for heaven. <laughs> and God will have to show you, your little proud self, right, full of yourself, let me show you, because you, you, you think based on what you do, that that somehow makes me approved of you, uh -huh. you missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, because his love and approval for us is not based on what we do. Mm. Now, what we do should be, be in recognition of that, but we, we can't do anything to make him love us anymore. That's right. Amen? Amen. All right, so, so, so condemnation. Everybody good? So let, let, let's move forward. Let's go to the next one. Amen. So after condemnation, here, here comes the information or instruction. That's why you got to come to the tutoring service. So you can get some instruction. So you can get the information. Now, now, now in general, this is cognitive knowledge. Amen. It, it's it's kind of like what I'm communicating here now. What you've got to do is Hebrews 4 and 2, mix the word with faith in order to get profit out of it. You've got to marry your faith to the word. You've got to ask God. Now, Father, uh, they, they, done, they did some great teaching over there this weekend, but I need to experience this word. I don't need to just know it. I don't want it laying on the surface. I want it to penetrate my spirit and, and, and bring forth a harvest 36 to 100 fold. This is general intelligence, amen, but it's also general understanding. Like in, in a lot of cases in churches, that's what uh, many people have, just general intelligence and general understanding. They don't have the depth of the word, 
and they haven't experienced the, the word. See, see, uh, 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 what made the, the early church so powerful, one of the things in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. Well, the apostles' doctrine fundamentally are, are found in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. You've been studying it. There are seven foundational experiences. They're not merely doctrines. This is not limited to you knowing them. God wants you to experience them. They run from justification to perfection. So I don't want to just know about perfection. I want to experience perfection. I want to experience justification. And, you, and listen, you really don't graduate from those seven experiences. Because you're going to need them as long as you stay. Right? You're going to have to go back to repentance from dead works. Right? Back to faith toward God. Yep. Amen. And so, and also, uh, num number three, the number thir three bullet, this is obtained from study. That's why one of our, uh, our aims this weekend is to inspire you to go on to further study. Amen. And, 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 and investigation is important or instruction. So, like, if, if you hear uh, Apostle John or myself or some of these others mention certain writers and those kinds of things, see, I, 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 can't, I can't boast about figuring this out on my own, but if you tell me about somebody that's, that's, a, that's a good, valuable resources, yes, resource, I like to go deep yep. and I like to go wide. Because yep. you might have bought, bought the latest book, that hot bestseller. I want to find out what were they thinking when they first got started. How did they arrive at this? Amen. Let me go back and see what, what they believe when they first, you know, and who are they related to? And this, this information is, is built upon facts and data. Now, 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 most notably, it is teaching the mind, right? This is the, the part of the renewing the mind. There is responsibility associated with your mind being renewed. It's not the job of the eldership. Your spiritual growth is not their responsibility. It's yours. God expects you to be a good, faithful steward over your own spiritual growth and development. Do you follow what I'm saying? They, they, they are like a GNC or the vitamin shop. They just provide supplements. <laughs> come on, you got to feed your own self. You, come on now. Right? Ain't that right, Tim? That, that, yeah, no, that, this can't be your whole meal. How many of y'all just eat one time a week? Nobody in here. That's right. She said, hangry. Man, we, we, if we're not eating, we're snacking. What, what, but what if we consume the word the same way? Hallelujah. And it also means to become acquainted with. So let's look at some of these verses. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Is this helping anybody? Yes, 1 Corinthians 8, let's look at verses 1 through 4. Scripture says, now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. You see, this general cognitive knowledge. We all have some degree of knowledge. And he says, he said, but watch this, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And then if anyone thinks, look, look at this, if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. Wow. You follow what I'm saying? So even if you think you know it, you don't know it to the degree that it can be known except God helps you. That's why revelation is important. 
See, he can just keep pulling off covers and pulling off layers. You, you follow what I'm saying? Continue to unveil this, that, and the other. You think you got it figured out, God? So let, let me turn it like this. Let me show you this other facet of it. You thought you had this Holy Spirit thing figured out. Let me show you this side of the Holy Spirit. Right? Then in verse 3, but if anyone loves God, loves God, this one is, watch this, known by him. Amen. Then in, in, uh, in verse 4, final verse, therefore concerning uh, the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the, in the world and that there is no other God but one. So the Corinthians didn't know that. So they figured that if, if somebody has sacrificed meat to an idol, you, sh you probably shouldn't eat it. But Paul was saying, go ahead on and eat it. Because the idols are nothing. Don't throw that good meat away. Unless it was going to offend a believer that didn't have the knowledge that you had. Then you probably need to abstain. But otherwise, man, bless it and fry it up. Throw it on the grill. Grill it up. Grill it up. My wife's a fitness trainer and nutritionist. So, and a vegetarian. So, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. But for the rest of us, meatitarians. Yeah. Let's grill it up. Put some vegetables around it. Amen. But, but, but we have to become acquainted with these things ourselves. You follow what I'm saying? It's not enough for what, 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 what Nestor knows. Amen. Max can't live off of what Nestor knows. He's got to know God for himself. You, you understand? And, and the wonderful thing is, is God is so impartial. Oh my God. You know, he, he never intended for us to look at normal Christians like they were, like they were abnormal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All these folk that we think are, 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 are Christian superstars, mm. in a lot of cases, if they are authentic, they're really just normal Christians. Yeah. But normal Christians are so abnormal that we think they are Supernormal. Think about that. These signs shall follow them that believe. He didn't, he didn't create categories of people for the signs to follow. He just said, if you believe, you'll cast out devils. You'll speak with new tongues. Isn't that what the Bible says? But, but we relegated the power of God to a certain elite group of people. And that's not God. He expects every joint to carry a supply for the anointing to flow freely in the house. The restoration that we're talking about, it's not just, it's not limited to the fivefold. It's just like your body. Your body heals itself. Yes. Healing is in your body. You don't, cut, you don't cut your finger off because it got a wound. The rest of you tries to mend your finger because it needs it. So why in the world in the, in the church, this just shows me it makes no sense whatsoever. Somebody in the church is wounded, they're broken, come on, they're tattered, they're shattered, and they are a part of us. That's because what Paul says, we fail to discern the Lord's body. Because if you're ailing, I'm hurting. Think about that. But all of us need to see that and to know. So I have a vested interest in you becoming whole. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If for no other reason, so I can stop compensating for your inability to function properly. Mm -hmm. 
Think about it. If your, if your right ankle is, is hurt, the left side of your body has to compensate. And if it has to compensate far too long, it will become overdeveloped. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And that other side will be, un I'm tired of the church being underdeveloped in certain areas. Yes, Amen. 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 Now, I mean, we'll help you up, but we can't prop you up. Come on. Amen. Amen. Y'all stand over there and keep propping you up. No, we, we'll help you up. Go to chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8 through 12. Bible says love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Now watch this. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. That's this general cognitive knowledge and intelligence, right? He says, for we know in part. Come on. See, this man, God had to deal with me about this. He says, sometimes, son, you talk like you're an expert on all things. He said, you just know a little bit. You really don't know a whole lot. You just sometimes know more than the person that you're talking to knows, right? But we know in part because, see, if you knew it all, you would be God. So we need the parts that everybody else brings to the table so we can see him in his full, uh, in the fullness of who he is. Says that, 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 that we, we know in part, praise the Lord, uh, and he says we also prophesy in part. God is never going to give you all that there is if you prophesy to somebody because that make you him. So he just give you a little bit. He may tell you, look, you need to you tell them that they need to sit down. And they probably saying, well, why? I don't know. He didn't tell me to tell you why. He just told me to tell you to sit down somewhere. Right? He will. And then, and then you have to go to God in prayer to find out the other aspects of it. That prophecy ought to turn you to God, not make you be enamored with a person. Because now, now what you're doing is you're giving them dominion over your faith because you want them to fill in the blanks. Well, what do you think this means? No, no you're supposed to go to God and say, God, this is what you said. Tell me what you meant by what you said. Thank you for, for John or whoever gave the prophecy, but Lord, I, I need to hear from you yes. what it is that you said. Did they leave anything out? Did they add something? Amen? Amen. It goes on to say, but when, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. This is not the spiritual gifts like the cessationists say, those that don't believe that the spiritual gifts continue. Amen. That the fivefold continue. We, we, we're continuationists because we believe when Paul said, until the body is mature and we ain't there yet. Right? Uh, so he says uh, uh, in verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, speaking to immaturity. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now, look, look, look. This is Paul. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Got caught up to the third heaven, right? God showed him stuff that it was unlawful to speak. He says, now I know in part. How you know so much? <laughs> Think about that. For him to make this testimony that now 
I know in part, but then I shall know just as also I am known. So he knew that, that God would, would progressively bring him into a place of knowledge, but ultimately when he gets to see the Lord face to face, he's going to know the stuff that he never knew. That's powerful. Oh, my God. That is so you know what that helped me to learn? I don't have to know it all. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I just need to get some folk around me that know what I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's so much information out there now, you can't know it all. You just need to find folk who know it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so move, moving beyond uh, information, praise the Lord, is illumination. And this is also uh, instruction. And we'll talk about this maybe a little bit today and definitely on tomorrow. But, but take this definition. Illumination is the divine ability to understand that which is given by revelation. The word of God is God's revelation. Amen? But he will illuminate it. He will, he will, he will shine brightness or light on it. It is the divine ability to understand that which is given by revelation. So have you ever been sitting in a service and it could have been a verse you were studying on your own or they could have read it and they were talking about it and then all of a sudden it's like a light bulb goes off over your head. Ping! You say, amen! And folks trying to figure out what in the world happened. Because you got it. Illumination just took place. You know, it's a different kind of amen. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Oh, glory to God. Whatever it is you say, it's not just, you know, uh, uh, somebody just, you know, kind of uh, uh, speaking in agreement. No, this is, my God, that hit me in my spirit. I see this thing now like I didn't see it before. Right? Let, let's look at 1 Peter chapter, chapter 1, verse 10 and 12, 10 through 12. Amen. See, I, I want to challenge you, as you read and study the Bible daily, ask the Lord, 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 give me more rhema. Like, like they were singing the song about, Lord, we want more. Give me more rhema. Give me more rhema. Make, give me those, that personal word. Make that word come alive. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 through 12, uh, it says this to us. Of this salvation, look at this. The prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that will come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Look, watch this verse 12. To them it was revealed that, not to themselves, but to us. Y'all see that? See, the prophets had the revelation, but we got the illumination. Or we get, or we have the, the opportunity to receive the illumination. They, they were saying certain things, amen, because God was speaking through them, but then he gave us the Holy Spirit so we can get the understanding of it. I mean, have you ever said something and then you say, man, I, I don't even know why I'm saying this. But the person that you speak it to, like, oh, that's what I needed to hear. Thank God. And you're like, woo, praise the Lord, trying to act like you knew what you were doing. You didn't know what you was doing. You don't even know. You can't even remember what you said. Right? See, he, he says, he says, he says, uh, but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Look at this. Things which angels desire to look into. Wow. 
the angels want to get an understanding. Man, they've been hearing these conversations in heaven. They've been seeing God do this, that, and the other. All they're able to do is to get the revelation of it. But we, by the Holy Spirit, I haven't seen it, it hasn't heard it, hasn't entered in the heart of the man. God reveals that to us by the Holy Spirit. He gives us the understanding of it. Thank you, Lord. Now, y'all got to keep, keep in mind that we're still on the steps. Right? What step is this? We're on the third step. And we went from condemnation where we weren't looking too good in the mirror. Come on, God was exposing all kind of stuff in us. Right? Till he, he gave us a tutor. And that brought us into faith. Amen. Release some knowledge into our lives, some information, some instruction. And now because he's that kind of God, he doesn't just want me to have it generally. He wants me to have it personally. So he gives me illumination. Hallelujah. Look, go to Luke 24. Oh, God, I thank you. Mm -hmm. Man, Luke 24, verse 32 and 45. And I don't have time to do it. What time is break? Y'all will work somebody won't Ain't even no give them a break. <laughs> kind of break right here. What kind of job is this man? No break around here. They're going to work me. They're going to work me to death, man. Yeah. It says Luke 24. Look at verse 32. They say, look here. <laughs> And they said, they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened the scripture to us? Drop down to verse 45. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Amen. Now, now this illumination, the Bible talks about it. There's a, there's a threefold opening. Amen. That takes place here. Verse 1, 31, verse 31, their eyes were open. See, you need to start expecting this. When it comes to illumination, that God's going to open your eyes. Not, not, your, not your natural eyes, but your spiritual eyesight, that sense, amen, that spiritual sense. Then number two, the scriptures were open. Verse 32. So you ought to expect that. As a matter of fact, you can turn this into a prayer. God, I'm getting ready to read the word. I need you to open my eyes. I need you to open the scriptures. That's in verse 32. And then in verse 45, their understanding was open. My wife preached about this a, a few weeks ago in Charlotte, and she was sharing this, this, these, these principles with the saints. And see, open means to open up completely. And it's used literally and metaphorically as it pertains to the scriptures. Amen. And, 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 and we don't have time to deal with this, but if you, you look in verse 44, the, the law, the Psalms, and the prophets, they, they were like a sealed book until the Lord was raised from the dead and he started opening their eyes. Right? Amen. And so God has to open our spiritual eyes and break open the scriptures and then he, he opens closed understanding. Because there's some folk, I'm telling y'all, how privileged you are, they're never going to get it. But he's chosen you to get it. Huh? Man. I, want, I mean, I, I want you to get, do you, oh, my God. There's some, there's some buildings, I think, on this same road that are probably, I don't know, 
25, 30 times larger than this one. They're not getting this. They're getting what they desire. What they've been lusting for, he's allowing them to have. But what you've been hungry for, man, he's making, making it so you can get it. Thank you, God. Isn't that good? So what's the three things he opened? Eyes, scriptures, understanding. That's good, ain't it? See, you, see, he wants you to be who you ought to be. So he'll open your eyes. He'll open the scriptures. He'll open your understanding. And see, you have to understand something. See, even right now, because he knows you can't handle but so much light at a time, he keeps certain areas of your understanding closed. Think about it. And he's just so loving. But when, at the appropriate time, he will, he will open that. Amen. We, we got to finish this one. He opens the eyes of, of our heart, right? Uh, so that we can understand biblical principles. Because if you cannot understand it, you will not undertake it. It, it, can, it can appear to be as wonderful in the world, but I just can't understand it. So I, I just can't, I can't go with it. So, and then, and then he gives us this enlightenment of newness of life. But let's go to Romans 6 right quick. Romans 6. Lord, they said they're going to give me a break. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. hi ya ya Romans 6 and 4. Look at what he said. He says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Y'all see this? And we're going to talk about these paradoxes that, that are necessary for manifestation later. He says that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. See, when this illumination comes, you walk in a, in a new aspect of this, this, this life to the full. See, that's the, that's the new thing. Really, there is no new thing. Have you ever noticed, praise God, sometimes it feels like God is doing a quick work, but it's not that he's doing a quick work. You just finally recognize that he was working. She <laughs> said, Lord, Lord is doing a new thing. No, you just finally caught up with his decision concerning you. Amen. But he will enlighten this. He'll give us better and, and a more full, more complete comprehension of this newness of life that we're supposed to walk in. And folks say, oh, you, you go down to that church, you trying to act all brand new. I am new. <laughs> and I'm walking in this newness of life. There's certain things that, that I used to do, guess what? I'm not doing them anymore because I'm in this newness of life. Right? And it's supernatural. Let's, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16. We got two more places. Amen. Teach us Holy Spirit. See, when, when, when he gives us illumination, he, he, he will write his laws on our hearts. Yeah. Amen. That's when, that's when, praise the Lord, that word just, it'll get, in, get into your heart. And the next time pressure comes, a curse word won't come out. Come on. That word will come out. Yeah. Yeah. Just like toothpaste, right? When you squeeze it, what's on the inside comes out. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha! 
Hebrews 10, I told you this word going to find you. <laughs> Hebrews 10, verse 16, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws where? Into their hearts, not on tablets of stone, but into our hearts. David said that thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. You have a defense. You have, you have, you have some, 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 some weaponry, right, that you can use against the devil. It is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yes, sir. Not only for defense, but also for offense. Yes. So I put my words into their hearts and in their minds, I will write them. Hallelujah. See, see, our prayers, Lord, renew my mind. How does he do it? He washes it with the word. You know how the Lord is perfecting us? The Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 5 that, 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 that Jesus is uh, preparing the, 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 the body or the, the woman to become his bride, praise the Lord, by the washing of the word. Word there is not logos, but it's rhema. That's why you need to pray for more rhema because the more rhema that's introduced into your life, those personal words, the more adjustments and changes take place. Yes, the more illumination that you get. Yes, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's look at this last verse, Ephesians 1 and 18. He'll flood your heart with light. Amen. You know, in Scripture... Light represents revelation and darkness represents ignorance. So God gives us light. He floods, floods places in our hearts with light. Amen. So we can, we can adjust, so we can see what it is that he has for us. Ephesians 1 verse 18, the eyes of your understanding, or, 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 or uh, he says here, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. That's through experience. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Verse 19 says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? See, there are some things that you don't know yet because he hadn't turned the light on in the, in the area of your heart. But he wants to do it. Yes, yes, yes. He wants to bring that illumination. Amen. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Yes, Those lies that the devil, all, come on, he whispers, sometimes he screams, right, that he, he says to us about certain things, especially when we, we are in certain circumstances. He can't lie to you if you're abiding in truth because you won't even take it. You'll lift up the shield of faith, quench his fiery darts because he's throwing darts at you all day long, Right? So the Lord will bring this illumination. Now, we got to take a break and come back and hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How long is our break? Yeah, any questions? Any questions? Nesta has a question. Come on, Nesta. Okay. In 1 Peter, uh -huh. we're talking about the prophets yeah. and what they spoke. Mm-hmm. And in contrast to um, what we now know, okay. when they were speaking to the people about the things that they did not know, what was it profiting those people at that time? They were speaking to the people about things that they did not know. And how did, what was the profit to them at that time? Um, exactly. Yeah, that's a good question. And, and I'm, I'm going to say this without having thought about that. 
you know, in general, if you look at the prophetic writings, they all had implications for that particular time, yes. right? But so when they started speaking about future times, especially as it pertained to Jesus, and so you think about, I'll give you an example of when Israel was in Babylon and they were speaking about a deliverer mm -hmm. and deliverance. Those people applied that word to them right now. But think about this, God is delivering his present church from Babylon. Mm -hmm. So the word had like a twofold meaning to it, right? So for us, anytime we're studying scripture, we can't afford to confuse interpretation with application. Because the majority of those prophetic writings were written to a particular audience at that time. That's the interpretation. Mm -hmm. For us, what we need to draw from it is the application, right? And a lot of times what we do is we confuse the two. We'll take what it meant to Israel, uh -huh. yeah. right? That yeah. like God gives, what, what is that? Deuteronomy 8 and 18, power to get well. We'll, we'll. we'll make that for us by interpretation. No, he wasn't talking to us. He was talking to them. Yeah. But by application, what can we draw from it? And so how do we apply this by principle to our lives? Does that, that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I, I'm just thinking about we know more mm -hmm. than what our Old Testament ancestors did. Yeah. Because more has been given to us. Right. And they had a veil. Yeah. And they didn't understand the prophecy because it was never fulfilled for exactly. them. Exactly. And so As it pertains to Christ. Yeah. yeah. And I can understand what you're saying. It was applicable to mm -hmm. that particular time, mm -hmm. but there was also something which was in the future. Yeah. And just like we look at Revelation and we can see, may not understand all of that, but there's something there for us yeah. that we need to try to get to. Oh, man. We, there's a whole lot in Revelation we need to understand because yes, it's a manual on suffering, which is where the church is headed. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot there that we need to understand. So that, that's an excellent question, but... You know, uh, I, I will just say this, and we're going to take this break, um, that, you know, <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> amen. Uh, but, but, we, but we do we, we do need to, like he said, we need to, to, to wrestle with these things. Um, they did have a limited knowledge. And for me, I, I'm hearing this, to whom much is given, much more is required. Because they didn't have the New Testament. So even, even what, what the apostles talked to us about Jesus or taught us and wrote came from an Old Testament understanding. That's powerful that to me. Powerful. So that's why where we read in Acts chapter 3 last night, notice how many nine times it, he uses the prophets as the basis mm -hmm. for his, his argument because that's all they had. But they saw Jesus. And all of that, that's amazing to me, right? Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina. 28079 or on the web c3churchnc.org 
or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.com.